0: Turn their retirement goals into reality and improve their lives. And now, here's your host Ross Brannon.
1: Welcome to the show. Today, my guest is Greg Presty. Greg is award-winning marketing expert, founder and CEO of Local Search for Dentist. Local Search for Dentist has ranked on the National Inc. Magazine Top 500 Fastest Growing Companies list for the fourth year in a row, and only 10% of businesses have achieved this. This means local search for dentists has been recognized four times as one of the most reputable fastest growing and most successful companies in the country the main reason for their success is their direct success of their clients today he's coming on the podcast to talk about how their proprietary dental marketing systems help thousands of dentists achieve more freedom greater new patient numbers and the ability to reach their income
2: goals greg welcome to the show thanks for having me pleasure to be on
1: sure thing so you're known and respected as a leader in the dental and marketing industry by some of the top names. What was it that first brought you to working with Dennis or was it
2: So, you know, uh, around 2010, um, I had been working for another agency, you know, um, within that company. And we've been doing a little bit of research on sort of how internet was changing, how people were finding local businesses. And so Google really put a huge target on the yellow pages and print media's back. And what ended up happening was they sort of said, hey, we're just going to kill print and we're going to make everybody just use, you know, Google to find local coffee shops, dentists, et cetera. And at that point, people really just had static websites and there really wasn't much more than just a website. And so what ended up happening was they kind of found out that a lot of people were gravitating using the maps, using the local searches, and that was where the entire internet when it came to local businesses was they were heading so really it became a specific way for dentists to put their business in front of prospective patients and do it in a way with having a really solid brand online a really solid reputation online and being found you know using phones or geo searches and n- not on their website because Essentially, the consumer data showed that people just weren't trusting websites because you wrote it. You're not gonna say anything bad about yourself on your website. And the Google reviews and the way that the Google was working at the time was it was basically like going to a coffee shop getting 15 referrals, but I didn't have to leave my house. I could just do it on the computer. And so sort of found that opportunity in there. And then within that first year of business, you know, we were able to help around 100 dentists in that first year have fantastic years and just pretty much continued to grow from there. And obviously, as we know, Google has just gotten larger when it's come to local searches from 2010. So I was very much in its infancy at that time. And that proprietary proprietary system that I built has been tried and true up until now, until 2021. So it's been a very successful thing compared to what you would consider to be marketing for uh, most practitioners.
1: Okay. So that's how you got started uh, in this world. So tell me specifically, if I was a dentist and I was brand new and I never met you, what is local search for dentists and how does it help a dentist grow
2: the practice? Sure. So we are a full service marketing agency. So we will do all things digital, right? So whatever it would be. So we will do, you know, we will build websites, we will do Google AdWords traffic. But the one thing that we are, that is much more different than your typical agency in the space is we actually only allow you to start with one particular program, which is Off's website, which is like our local SEO marketing program, where we focus strictly on the Google My Business page and branding them as the go-to dentist in their zip codes that they want to attract certain types of patients, as opposed to really every other agency in the space that will try to sell you a big package, try to sell you a website, this paid traffic, this, where we focus on really building the foundation of the house first. And that is where everyone starts with us. And that's why we've been so sick. That's why we've been so successful is because that really we're building the foundation of their brand first. Right. So, you know, one Google, my business page, not five. Loads of good patient reviews, YouTube videos, blogging, everything that is off-site that Google now promotes. Because if you notice, if you do a local search and you type in dentist 78704, they don't show the website. They show all of their stuff. You literally don't even have to click off of that page. And that is where we really have lived for a long period of time. So we just that will be a game changer for our practice because now we have third party verification from Google your happy patients, and the social proof that goes along with it. So you're increasing your patient numbers, you're increasing your case acceptance, and you're increasing your rate of referral because all even referrals are Googling you. And so that three-pronged approach allows you to really grow and scale your practice and actually choose patients that you want to work with as opposed to just strictly insurance or shoppers or whatever. And that's been where we've been successful helping them grow their businesses that way.
1: So in essence a lot of the companies in your space are overselling big packages that are too much and more than needed you're starting small building a foundation so they can actually grow into that big package and get their money's worth out of it when that time comes
2: Correct 100% accurate and that allows you to ROI a lot faster because instead of spending $5000 a month you're spending say 500 a month which Obviously, doing the math, we know that it's much easier to ROI on an investment with marketing at that lower price than it is for the huge, gigantic package.
1: Right. So you talked about this a little bit a second ago, but what difficulties that dentists face do you guys fix or help them avoid?
2: I think the number is around 98.5% of dentists have multiple Google My Business pages on Google right now. And what that means is, is that you might, you might Google a business, you know, say a dental practice, and there's the doctor's name, the hygienist's name, the associate's name, the practice name. And there's, there's really all these inconsistencies names are spelled backwards, address is wrong, phone's wrong, right? And essentially what happens is, is Google deranks you so they don't promote your business. Existing patients can't find you. And it really looks bad because I'm supposed to trust you to place an implant for you know, thousands of dollars, but you can't organize your brand online into one page with all the reviews on one page. And so what we then, and I would say in our industry, we're the best at doing this. It's almost unbelievable how good we are at it. We basically get all those pages merged, get all the reviews, everything on one page. So you've got this one pristine brand and that's the biggest thing that we see is, like I said, it's almost 99%. They have all of this misinformation because they've hired so many marketing firms, Google's scraping so much. And so we just want that one, one page. And everyone who is a dentist should always want one Google My Business page, right? You always want that one brand being that prominent, pristine figure in your space.
1: So besides having a very disorganized web presence, which is a big deal in today's world. What do you mm-hmm. see as the unique complexities for dentists and marketing? Because it's, it's kind of a, it's a required thing nowadays.
2: It is required. And I actually don't think it's that complicated. I actually think it's quite simple. I think Google has made it simple. I think, I think it is a requirement. But because there's so many people in the space offering, quote unquote, dental marketing, that it becomes confusing and a lot of dentists tend to avoid it or they'll try it, have a bad experience and then try to move away from it thinking they can just stick to insurance or word of mouth, which is not gonna be a good thing. So I actually think it's quite simple. You could essentially clean up your business page, get your reviews going, get your YouTube videos going, blogging, use use our system in a way, and then you can pile in traffic on top of that using Google AdWords and using it in a specific way And you don't have to spend, you know, $5,000 a month. You can spend a thousand and still get a really good ROI and increase your referral rate. And I don't think it's much more complicated than that. I think a lot of dentists avoid it because it can be big and scary. And really it's honestly like, it's really just a two to three step system. Google already does all the work, you know, really for these local businesses. And it doesn't matter if you're the local coffee shop or the local dentist, you know, Everyone, especially in the post-pandemic world, everyone is using Google to dig up everything on businesses. Like there is no more going to the local barbecue, you know, restaurant and talking to your friends and getting referrals. Everyone's pretty much using these. So, yeah. and Google makes it super easy for us. So it's really not that complicated, and it doesn't matter if you want to sell a twenty thousand dollar veneer case or you want to do more crown and bridge work. All those people are living, you know, in the internet world right now, especially in 2021.
1: How hard is it to convince somebody that they need you when they've likely been burned before by an expensive marketing program that didn't work or didn't work as promised? How hard is it to convince them that they need you?
2: It's not easy. Um, I, will, I will say that, but... We also have the largest amount of procedural and marketing data in our industry because we've been doing it for 11 years. We've only stuck to the, to the basics of what really works. So yeah, we do hear about the horror stories and we all know everyone you know, who has been burned. But really, we try to take the emotional aspect out of that and say, well, here's the hard data for what our clients see, what the consumer behavior is, and why what you did in the past wasn't even really marketing. And why this is actually a system and so we just try to put that in front of them in the best way we can albeit not always easy but you know that is really what allows us to do that, is because we really just stick to the data like we don't we don't try to put like some emotional spin on i spent this much money and and just sort of like if i went to a dentist and they you know did some bad treatment on me and overcharged me I, i i wouldn't avoid going i would just choose someone else
1: right so what can a client, when they sign up for a local search for dentists, what kind of return can they expect on their investment? And how soon can they expect that return?
2: On average, we're 10 to 1 ROI, which means you are spending $1 to make 10. So that's a very, very, very good ROI in the marketing space, which the reality is, is if you're all relying on marketing, even if it's, you know, two to one, you should still be doing it. But that is where we live because, we don't overspend when it comes to our clients, right? We're not selling them things they don't need. And that allows us to have a really, really high ROI, as well as allows you to have an ROI quicker. Now, as far as timeline is concerned, that's more of a moving target because everyone comes in with a different situation. If you've got 15 Google My Business pages, because you've, you've piled through a bunch of agencies over the last three years, that might take a little bit longer to get all that straightened out. But if you've come in and you've never done marketing before and you don't have a huge presence, I mean, within the first 30 days, you can see a return. And that's why I try to convince most of the dentists to, and I'd say this is the majority, don't do any sort of attraction right now to get new patients. They're the ones that see the quickest uh, return.
1: Interesting. So who are your target clients? Are you looking for the early career dentist? Are you looking for a more established practice owner who has tried everything under the sun? Who who are you going after?
2: We go after mainly the solo to medium practitioner who is is really looking to attract more quality patients, right? We tend to do best with, you know, the medium to solo dentist. And, And as far as like, you know, the big DSOs in the space and the big, you know, corporate, you know, practices, you know, for the most part, they tend to have their own marketing departments. They think Um, they have it all figured out. They think they have it all figured out and they tend to, you know, do a lot of it themselves. And so we really sort of wedge ourselves into helping the solo practitioner or, you know, partnership, if you will, you know, fight in that market space where they don't have a, fifty thousand dollar a month you know marketing budget and we can spend 500 and still be effective and that's really where we live and been quite successful at is that solo dentist medium medium practice size space
1: you mentioned several times you know like the 500 to a thousand dollars so you really are it sounds like kind of a low cost type of agency because a lot of these agencies are going to charge you five grand off from the very beginning
3: mm-hmm
2: yeah and- I just don't understand how that, I mean, I've, this past week I've heard from my team, I think, uh, you know, just for, you know, I'm sure there was some other things filtered into it, but you know, 10 to $15,000 just for a, a website, you know, I'm sure there was other things involved in that, but I'm like, that's out of control. There's absolutely no reason for that. Yeah.
1: That's, uh, that's interesting. So now do you find, so like when you look at these dentists, do you find that too many are working in their practice? and not on their business when you meet them because they're trying to put their hands in people's mouths, which was how the revenue is generated versus actually getting the stuff squared away to get people in the doors that uh, hiring someone like you. Do you see that a lot? People not really focusing on working on the business?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's like gravity. That's like an undeniable truth, right? And I think you see a lot of seasonal behavior where, oh, I'm busy, right? And you've seen that through you know, coming out of 2020, where you had these pockets of backlog of people because some couldn't practice patient confidence, vaccines, and you see these influx of, of patients who are just recall patients just living in your database. And inevitably, that just keeps you busy, which keeps you distracted, which then you be like, oh, I have a four or five week wait. And then you don't backfill into that because you're just doing dentistry, which obviously you're going to do. But then that four week, five week dip comes and you've not backfilled with with anyone who is new into the ecosystem. They've chosen another dentist because you're not doing marketing. And that's how you end up with slow months. And that is inevitably what happens in a cyclical seasonal behavior. And I can almost set my watch to it because I've been doing this so long that that's where they live. And we're seeing that right now where people are getting vaccinated and they're having more confidence going for their for their you know recall appointments and so dentists are being booked out maybe a month 5 weeks 6 weeks and i'm like well inevitably if you don't fill that funnel again you're going to run out of people and that's how you're going to have back to back bad months and that leads to a to a no good you know 2021 in terms of in terms of revenue and cash flow
1: well, and that happens I... all the time well, so right now, for a lot of dentists, 2021 is trending really, really well because of, like you said, the right. backlog. And so, right. at what point do you think, if people haven't done a good job of filling the pipeline, as they say, will things kind of start trending down?
2: I think probably around the 4th of July, they're going to hit a wall. I think in America, people are going to just start going on vacations. They're going to try to get trips in. They're going to try to do what they can now, which is that spring end of school year thing for June will be good and then once we hit the 4th everyone sort of goes on vacation before the school year starts and that's where you're going to end up with potentially 2 to 3 bad months and when i say bad meaning not as good and the thing that you have to understand is is that you know there are people out there seeking care and they're willing to wait for it right because we've noticed one thing about the modern economy now is because we have massive inflation and restricted goods and services and materials, we can't really build anything. People are becoming a little bit more patient than, than, than they have in the past. So you could book someone out six weeks. And I really don't think that's a problem in, in sort of 2021. I mean, if you've tried to order furniture lately, you know, you've found out that you're willing to wait three and a half months to get a chair. You do not have a choice. And the same thing goes for um, prospective patients looking for care. Obviously, these are not emergency people who are like, you know, have a, an absolute need at the moment, but if someone's looking to get implants or they're looking to get, you know, something that isn't necessarily urgent and you have that good brand online and you look like the expert, we're all willing to wait to get the right treatment, right? We're all willing to wait to get treated properly. And that's what I try to instill upon, you know, sort of our ecosystem of whether it's prospective dentists or dentist here is like, I have clients who are booking people out two, three months who want to talk about cosmetic work or implant work because they understand I'm willing to wait for that quality, right? Because I don't want to waste my time and my money and my energy running around getting bad advice. I'd rather wait for you to help me. And that's okay. Being busy is the biggest trap in dentistry right now.
1: It's probably the biggest uh, trap in business in
2: general, (laughs) In general, yeah. It depends on your industry, but you are correct. Yes. yeah.
1: So what percentage of dentists, in your opinion, do you think will hit this
2: wall come late summer? I think it's definitely probably 60,
1: 70%. And when you say down month, do we mean down 20%, down 30%, down 10%? What do you think?
2: That's tough to say, but I would say you could see even higher than that. I could see you losing half of your production in a month. So if you're trending, if you're doing $100,000 in production, I think if you got the summer and you have no backfill, like meaning nothing, I think you get to after the fourth and you might see 40, 50% dip.
1: But if they work with like a local search for dentist, you prevent that. You build the systems where that doesn't happen.
2: Correct. Because there's nothing wrong with scheduling outpatients. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever.
1: No. I mean, every time I go to the dentist... They booked me out six months for my next appointment, which is when it's supposed to be anyway. And no one has a problem with that. Unless it's. Yeah. And the fake. other thing
2: that we're not factoring in, by the way, is in a normal year, you know, the ADA says it's around 12%. Our data tells us it's more around 20%. There is a 20% attrition of your patient base every year, just on the regular. If you don't do anything, if you don't do anything, because that is people moving, dying, neglect, whatever the reason is, you know, the ADA says it's 12. I actually think it's way higher than that. So if you're not replacing 15 to 20% of your patient base every single year through marketing, you're going inevitably on a treadmill that might be going backwards or at worst case, repeating, yeah. repeating, repeating, repeating.
1: Oh, I mean, as a financial advisor, I work with a lot of dental professionals. And obviously, these are men and women who invest a lot of time and money, energy in their careers. And they're great at their craft of working with your mouth and your teeth. But not all of them have the the best. Their strengths aren't always finances or business skills. So from your experience, why would you say it's important for these people to have a game plan and the,
2: the right advisors around them? Well, the reason is, is because if they don't do it, someone else would take the market share. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, if you look at the at the path of money right now and you don't set yourself up, whether it's like you said on the financial side, CPA, marketing side, whatever that is, the money is moving up in dentistry. I mean, DSOs are consuming practices at all time highs. Right? Last year, or no, 2019, it was 20% of the market. We don't know the number now, but I bet you it's upwards of 35% of the market right now, right? And I've been beating that drum for a while. So you either decide to do it or they just take your patience and your market share. And that's how you get blindsided. So you have to make the decision to, to do it for yourself, right? Because someone else will make the decision for you.
1: Well, if you don't hire a marketing company like you, you're not going to need a CPA or a financial advisor.
2: Well, this, this, <laughs> might, this might be true. Well, you'll need it. Here's why you'll need it is because our clients sell their practices for more money and often earlier than the traditional dental model. And that's the fact, so maybe they will need you.
1: Now, so good point, so here's the question. Do you have people who hire you to get their valuation up for a DSO
2: sale? Absolutely, or any sale for that matter. We don't always pick the buyer, but absolutely. Because if we can can get more of the fee for service patients, that inevitably helps the bottom line, which as you and I both know, If we can increase that EBITDA, if we can get that cash flow up, the valuation inevitably goes goes higher. And too many dentists don't pay attention to that and then say, hey, I'm going to put my practice up for sale. And then they're in tears because they just found out they have to work another 10 years because the money is not there to get the value for the business. So yes, people do hire us all the time to get that valuation up. And in a lot of instances, it happens quicker than they expect.
1: So you're a data guy. How long do you think this private equity thing in the dental world lasts? Forever. So I have a CPA who works with a lot of, I know a CPA who works with a lot of dentists. His opinion is within five years, the mom and pop dental office will be virtually gone. What's your take
2: on that statement? Yeah, it- I think that's probably right. I think people would rather
1: go to a mom and pop than a corporate dentist So Do you agree?
2: Agreed, but here's the problem. They don't know the difference. So if you actually study the DSO model, it is cloak and dagger mom and pop. So they may own a portfolio of 25 to 45 solo practices, never change the name, keep the dentist working in the practice, make them the employee, cycle them in and out, And the patients have very, very little clue as to that being owned by someone else. Because if you study the other industries, particularly medical and veterinarian, you see that happening where you have your primary care doctor, and then all of a sudden they became part of Baylor Scott White, but you still go to your primary care doctor. And so inevitably that money moved up, but me as the patient... I didn't really notice anything because I'm still going to my MD and that is essentially where the solo dentist from an entity perspective or ownership perspective will be all but gone, but they will just be a part of the medical system.
1: So people won't realize they're going to a corporate dentist unless they're actually going to an Aspen or a Heartland or something like that. Correct.
2: Correct. Which is a much different model than the, than the DSO model.
1: Right. So what do you see as challenges in 2021? We talked about the potential incoming wall. Besides that, what do you see as some other challenges in 2021?
2: Um, I, think the, I think the biggest challenge for the dentist is actually having the courage to make business decisions and invest in their business. Because we still see too many folks come to us who are living off of word of mouth living off of insurance and really low margin non fee for service work because the people who want fee for service which is majority of this country in terms of patients are going to someone else because they're in front of them and you know gone are the days where you could just live off of referrals right referral rates are at all time lows from what i'm seeing in the marketplace because people are not they're not going out and socializing as much as they normally would in the past. And they just have become used to just jumping on the computer and digging up information. It's a lot easier than, oh, okay, I'm at the coffee shop. I'm at the barbecue. I'm at the picnic. I should ask Kelly. Eh, I'm not going to bother her about that. I'm actually just going to go on my phone and just dig, yeah, dig up a dentist uh, in, in my zip code. And I'll make the decision based on what I see. 2020 conditioned us to do that. That's never changing. It's too easy.
1: Right. Yeah. And what happened, I think, is 2020 just accelerated a lot of trends that were already in place.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think that being said, that's not a negative, right? Because the path to uh, the speed and the path to getting more cash flow has never been quicker. Because I don't have to go to the newspaper or to the radio company, or to the yellow pages. I can literally hire local search for dentists today and start to market my practice tomorrow, right? Right. The speed has never been as easy as a patient can look you up, you can market to them just as fast.
1: Oh, you're you're right, you're right. So let me change gears here a little bit. So your story as an entrepreneur is, is one of tenacity and perseverance. You've obviously had successes and drawbacks. What piece of advice
2: was the most helpful to keep you motivated through your uh, career? Ooh, keep me motivated. That's a really good question. Piece of advice. I'm a very like self-motivated person, so I have to give this a little bit of thought. But I would say for me, you know, one of the things that as our company has evolved, we've created a culture of people that we work with, whether that is the people that work for me or the clients that we attract. And I sort of view them as my motivation right so it's not really about you know greg being ceo you know power hungry person it's more or less let's provide a really good opportunity for our clients and a really good opportunity for our employees to have fun make a good living have our clients be successful and let's continually rinse and repeat that every year you know on the regular which is why our growth path is so good which is why we have such a good ROI for our clients. So that's really what motivates me more so than, you know, really looking externally than like at you know sort of what am I doing to provide for myself, and that's been something that the you know we've really focused on over the years.
1: I think that's I think that's a great answer to the question. Okay, so I ask everyone on the on the podcast this: What are you reading, or what has been the best book you've read recently?
2: I will admit, I'm not a huge reader. Um, that's all right. I actually like to consume podcasts more than I read just because sitting down and reading is is difficult. But I think for me, the book that I always go back to that I think is good for everyone is um, Ready, Fire, Aim, which is, you know, uh, Michael Masterson, I believe is the person who wrote that. And that is sort of the great way to thumb back through the evolution of like startup and challenges along the way. And that has almost been like tried and true ever since I started this company. And I think it's it's great for dentists. I think it's great for entrepreneurs because it really lays out like how to be efficient because I went to business school and I will tell you, well, I got a lot from that. Most of my knowledge came from my own work, reading, going and learning from others and not getting caught up in the weeds of what, you know the big brands might be doing right. Which is just not applicable. We don't play in that space. So that book really sets that. There's literally stages in it where you could, you could flow through it.
1: Oh, wow. That's interesting. I've heard of that. I've never read that one though. Yeah. Um, That
2: one is, is like sort of just one I'll go back through, you know, on the regular.
1: Okay. I'll have to look at that one up. Look that one up. All right. So last question, what advice would you give to a new dental school grad?
2: A new dental school grad, I would absolutely, I wouldn't be so eager to go out and start your own practice right away, right? And load yourself up, you know, trying to to essentially, you know, borrow a whole bunch of money and then go into the marketplace. I think you can make a very good living working as an associate. And I don't think it matters where you work because I think you need to gain that experience just like in any other businesses. You have to pay attention you know, go work for a DSO, go work for a corporation, go work for a very successful private solo practice that needs an associate and watch all of it. Right. And then, you know, a year or two in, I mean, it's going to be a few years, then go and figure out what kind of business you want to have. Not necessarily, oh, I just want to have a practice because there's so many ways to slice that apple. And without doing those different things, you don't understand the business of dentistry, because they just do not teach you that in dental school. They just, you know, you might have some things they teach you, but you just don't understand the inner workings of, you know, how you pay taxes, how you save for retirement, how you manage your cash flow, patient recall, right? You learn clinical. And so I think by studying those other practices, you know, it's almost like your own case study in a way, but you get paid to do it and just learn and watch. And some of it you're probably going to hate.
1: Experience is one of the best ways to learn.
2: Yeah. And hating it is a good thing.
1: You know what you don't want. And you you didn't go down that road. So
2: how many jobs have you or I had or people had that you hated that you learned the most from?
1: Yeah. You know, the old saying is you learn from losing, not from winning.
2: This is true. This is true. So, yes, go out, work, learn, you know, you'll make a good living. You're not going to put yourself so strung out by having a huge amount of money that you have to borrow. And then you know exactly where you need to be in five years to start your own practice and what kind of lifestyle you want to have.
1: Right. So, well, that's, that's awesome. So, Greg, I appreciate your time today on the podcast. This has been very uh, enlightening, insightful. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brandon, and we'll see you around
0: next time. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannan. Guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com.
4: Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities LLC, PAS OSJ 3664 Coolidge Court Expiration, April 2023.
3: This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311-850-562-9075. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License number 16139032. California Insurance License number 0L10073. 2021-123359. Expiration 0623.